Rusty Quill presents. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mousy sometimes means quiet or shy. The American grasshopper mouse howls to mark its territory and is almost entirely carnivorous. It can gnaw through the spines of rattlesnakes. Welcome back to Spirit Box Radio. Welcome back, for the first time, to the newly minted Spirit Box Radio Enlightenment segment, where we learn and grow as a community of like-minded arcanists. Hmm. I don't think that intro is really working, is it? Oh well. Can't win them all, I suppose. I love American grasshopper mice. 
They might just be my favourite animal. Mice are a lot cleverer than a lot of people suppose, and like everything in the great wide world, they have an important role to play in the ecosystem. Arcane energy flows through them, just as much as through you or I. For a man who likes mice, I sure do have a lot of cats though. <laughs> Last week, we had Rightidia Adelphus, the bog witch, on the show to teach us about uh, mud, mostly. It was very enlightening indeed. There are no special guests this week, I'm afraid, faithful listeners, so I put it to the forums to find out what you'd most like to learn about together. It was really exciting reading through all of your responses, and there were loads of great suggestions. Before we dive into them, though, I want to reassure you, again, that I'm absolutely fine, and whatever happened, I... It was just... It's a perfectly normal thing to forget details of of something like that. So please, I think we all need to try and carry on. The loss of Madame Marie will be felt extremely keenly. Of course it will, but I... (sighs) Let's just not, shall we, faithful listeners? I've had a letter in the P.O. box this week from an Amy Jeremy, and it's a pretty interesting one. I thought that I could share it with you now. Dear Sam... I've been practising arcanism on and off for a few years now, after being introduced to the concept whilst I was at university. I've been listening to Spirit Box Radio ever since then, and I'm no stranger to unusual occurrences, and I've heard my fair share of those written by other faithful listeners to the show. I've had a little bit of success with casting circles, but mostly focus on channelling arcane energy as a sort of mindfulness thing, and keep an altar in my bedroom, even though my housemates think it's a little bit weird. I'm sorry about all this preamble. I just don't want you to think I'm understating the matter or somehow misunderstanding the gravity of what I'm going to describe to you somehow. This is partly why I decided to write a letter as opposed to simply putting it on the forums. Sorry, more preamble, isn't it? There isn't any getting around it. The reality of experiencing a truly arcane incident is a lot. Well, it's more difficult than I would have guessed, given how much exposure to this stuff I've already had. I live in this tiny town in Wales. You won't have heard of it. Like a lot of tiny Welsh coastal towns, it's pinned to the sea line by a row of jagged hills, which might look like mountains to the untrained eye. There are a lot of trees, a lot of winding paths, plenty of nooks and hollows where one can wander and get pleasantly lost if you choose to. Despite being physically isolated, my hometown is incredibly, uncannily well-connected by radio. If only in this strange, one-way sense. My dad always has a wireless or two in the house, and I grew up skipping through the stations, and I kept a little notebook wedged under the one in the kitchen where I'd make a note of when I thought I could assemble a sentence. My dad thought it was really funny. When he had his friends around, he'd get me to get my book of quirky words out and read some of the best ones. The radio reception is so good, actually, that it picks up signals that, by rights, it shouldn't be able to at all. Sometimes when I'm skipping through channels, I'll stumble across an Indian station broadcast entirely in Hindi. One time, I'm pretty sure the channel I tapped into was Mandarin, and a few times, it has definitely been in Russian. Or, at least, one of those languages that sounds a lot like Russian to an untrained ear like mine. Dad and I worked around this when we put our quirky words together by adding in the phonetic sounds or approximating a word vaguely similar to the one that we'd heard in English. Neither of us could speak any other languages besides Welsh and English, and to some great irony, the only thing that the radio did seem to have trouble with was picking up the local Welsh language channels. Typical English machine, Dad would say. It's always been just me and Dad. 
Mum died not long after I was born, and I never got any details, and my dad almost never spoke of her. Once a year, though, we stand outside by the rosebush in the garden in silence. Dad would say something like, she liked tangerines. That would be it, and we'd say nothing else on the matter. I didn't mind. I never knew any different. My dad is a coarse kind of guy with most people, but with me, he's always been a marshmallow. I loved the father-daughter things we did together. Our long walks on the beach, hikes up the hills with his work friends. The only one that really stuck into my adulthood was the book of quirky words. I hated this place when I was growing up, and I was desperate to leave before I went to uni, but when I finally did, I missed it with such horrific profundity that it's actually kind of embarrassing to try and explain it. I pined for the woods and the dirt tracks and the sea and the hills. I even pined for the sheep. Those fuzzy fools that seem to fill up every inch of available farmland. Having said all of that, it's not classically beautiful, my hometown. It's ramshackle, fairly underprivileged. There's only one bus and it comes three times a day at roughly two hour intervals. We've got a couple of shops and they run out of branded stuff a few days after restocks. Its saving grace is that it's on the route towards a city, so the broadband is really good, and of course, there is always frighteningly brilliant radio reception. When I came to visit, which I did more and more the longer I'd been away, until I eventually moved home pretty much as soon as the course ended, I picked up the book and I'd have a flick through and see what funny little compositions he'd added in our years-long little hobby. When I moved back home, I lived with Dad at first, but then rented out a flat above a tiny shop, which I share with a couple of friends. In the day, I work in the shop that we live above, and in the evenings, I make up little charms which I sell on my online shop. I go round to Dad's most mornings. He's getting on a bit now, and I worry about him alone in the house too often. I'll probably move back in with him soon. This is not important. I'm avoiding the real subject here. When I go to see Dad, it used to be that he'd get the book of quirky words out and we'd go through them together like old times, but, well... Recently, I noticed that Dad had stopped taking out the book of quirky words. I bring it up and he'd get all flustered and wouldn't meet my gaze. It was right there on the windowsill in the kitchen under the wireless where it has always been, but he didn't seem keen for whatever reason. I didn't think much of it. A couple of weeks ago though, he was out of the house when I came around. I let myself in, put on the kettle, and as I stood in the window I thought, I'll have a look and see what's been going on. The book was completely full. This is not some tiny notebook either, it's a big chunky thing with at least 400 blank pages. Dad and I both have pretty cramped handwriting, so even though we've been writing in there for years, we were still ages off actually filling the thing. The first few pages where my handwriting is in childish round shapes were covered by my dad's anxious tiny scrawl. I could just make out the words underneath the new ones, but they were almost completely hidden. I didn't notice it at first because it wasn't all in English. In his tiny cramped handwriting that now filled every page of the book, Dad had written, On Ibet, Ilarive, Diadetan, Karare wa Kimasu, Ismodis, Han Koma, Tol Idvaya, Uwasau Oya, Gelya, Ter Iri Baina. The phrases were short, sometimes one word, and each one was separated out by quotation marks. This was not the point of quirky words, and troublingly, in the midst of these unfamiliar, all too short phrases in languages, I didn't understand repeated motifs in another two that I did. Mein Dord, 
He is coming. Onidet. Ilarive. Dia de Tang. Kare wa kimasu. Ismodis. Hankoma. Tol idia. Ua sao owa. Gelia. Te iri baina. I was so busy flicking through the hundreds and hundreds of crammed in pages, I hadn't heard my dad come in, so I jumped when he said, they all say the same thing. And I just sort of stared at him. I didn't know what to say. The phrases all say the same thing, Amy. They all say he is coming. I asked how he could possibly know that, and he just shrugged. I just do. He sat down at the table. The only time I'd seen him with that look in his eye was when he took me into the garden to look at Mum's roses. He told me it started a few months ago. He was flicking through the channels when he heard something that wasn't exactly familiar, but sent a shiver of recognition down his spine. I've heard people talking about sensations like this. I only really dabble in alchemism. I wouldn't describe myself as a witch or a psychic, or particularly predisposed to sensing the arcane, but you bet I have a trained enough ear to pick up when someone is describing a brush with arcane forces. Dad would never describe it like that. He thought, at first, that he might be losing his mind and succumbing to dementia, like so many of his friends were beginning to. But it happened again and again. He felt compelled to take a note every time. Not speaking in these languages, not even knowing which languages they were, he couldn't understand how he could possibly know what it meant. Then Dad drew this long, shaking breath and stood up. He opened the kitchen drawer, one previously filled up with batteries, spare nails, bits and bobs, and pulled it free of the counter. He placed the whole drawer on the table in front of me. It was brim full of envelopes, all shapes, sizes and colours. They had too many stamps on from all over the world. They smelled of dust and metal. I peered into the one on the top of the pile. A lock of hair. I peered into another. A few small matching buttons. Still another held a small cluster of what I thought at first were fish bones, but on closer examination were tiny, narrow strips of fingernail. Another had a few scattered eyelashes, like spider's legs clinging onto the paper. More buttons, scraps of cloth, fingernails, strands of hair, and then, at the back of the drawer, in the only envelope that was upright, evidence perhaps that it had been shoved there, was an envelope which held two rings. They're your mums, said Dad, quietly. I started to ask, but wasn't she buried in them, and he cut me off to say that yes, she was. There was a long silence. I don't know why I asked it. I don't really know why I hadn't asked it before or why it was so easy for the words to spring to my lips in that one long silence. I said, why don't we ever go to the grave? Dad shook his head. We do, he said. The roses. Dad didn't say anything else. He made me a cup of tea and we sat in silence. I have a feeling there is a chance somehow that this is connected to this man that you keep talking about on the radio. As for the answers to my many questions, I don't think any I could feasibly get would make things any better. But I thought you should know, in case the message is for you somehow. He is coming. For some reason, the moment I saw the words in the book, I thought of you, Sam. 
so perhaps he's coming for you. Sincerely, Amy Jeremy. There are some things that decently connect Amy's story to the man in the flat cap, but of course those links are pretty tenuous, you know? A rose bush in the garden is far more ordinary an occurrence than a disappearing rose like the ones I have heard in other people's stories. As for the messages your father was hearing, Amy, it seems like you've been accidentally using your radio like a spirit box your whole life. Isn't that interesting? As you've not included any further details about your mother, it's hard to draw any conclusions as to whether or not she would have had a connection with the man in the flat cap. You didn't even mention how she died, though of course being buried in the back garden rather than anywhere proper doesn't suggest anything good. I hope this isn't weighing too heavily on you, Amy, though I'm sure that it must. Of all the things to be asked to give advice on, interpreting messages from a spirit box is something I actually have a lot of experience attempting to do. Of course, having been doing this on my own with pretty much no input from anyone else, the actual efficacy of these interpretations is... Oh, a call! How exciting! Hi Beth, you are live on Spirit Box Radio. What can I do for you? You knew it was me? Of course! What were you calling about today? Oh, right. Well, it's just... I've had this sort of feeling. This deep, creeping sense of unease. I think something bad's going to happen. You think this is some kind of premonition? I don't know. Maybe. It started the other day, I think. Last week when I was listening to the show and you said there hadn't been an episode live for weeks and it occurred to me. I swear it was only the day previous I was listening to you, Sam. Maybe you were listening to a recording. You can find them online. No. It was live. It's the weirdest thing. It's like, whenever the show isn't airing, I just don't... I I don't know. It's really weird. I'm sorry, Beth. I'm afraid I'm having a hard time understanding what you're saying. I am too. It's the strangest thing, because I swear I was doing something before I started listening to the show this evening, but I couldn't tell you what it was. Not for anything. It really is the weirdest thing I've ever experienced, and... In my life. Do you hear that? No. What are you talking about? The sort of scratching. Scraping, almost. Like stones passing over one another. I don't hear anything. Beth? Hello, Beth? Beth, are you still there? Sam, you're breaking up. Beth? Hello? Sorry. I don't know what happened. Are you alright? Yeah. I'm fine, I think. Don't know what that was. As long as you're okay, Beth. That's the most important thing. Thanks, Sam. You were trying to explain something. Yeah, right. I actually feel better now. Well, the feeling is gone. The dread or whatever. I'm fine. Okay, if you're sure. I am. Well, you know where we are if you need us. Bye, Sam. Bye. How strange. How strange. Well, no point dwelling on it, I suppose. Now, what was I saying? Ah, right. Interpreting spirit box messages. It can be quite difficult, but you've got quite a lot to work with in that you can, to an extent, designate actual words. Longer sentences are a bit more useful, but he is coming will certainly do as a baseline, especially if you've had so many repetitions of the same thing. 
Messages from spirits of any kind, ghosts, wraiths, and even simple echoes, can be elusive and a little vague, so he is coming is at least somewhat specific in its phrasing, although the meaning could be a little ambiguous, admittedly. It's not like when I get messages telling me where I've left my keys, or, well, whether or not to take an umbrella with me. You know, when Madame Marie was still... When she was with us, I, I'd, I'd get messages when she was asleep so I could sneak out of my room and sit on the low wall in the garden to gaze up at the moon. The trick to understanding arcane messages is to stop acting like it's going to line up with logic or sensibility. Ghosts, ghouls, malevolences, they're all shaped by arcane forces, and the whole thing with the arcane is that it cannot be reasoned with or rationalised. It resists it, actively. So you just sort of have to go with it. Be guided by your heart instead of your head. If who we are is made up of strands of arcane forces, and I don't mean the meat and bones of our bodies, I mean the thing that is us beyond that, parts of us that the arcane can cling onto and preserve like a mosquito suspended in tree sap. We are connected to the arcane. We are a part of it. So there is a way for us to get it, to vibe with it, provided we are led by our hearts and not by our heads. Again, not our literal hearts, of course, our metaphorical ones, the symbolic ones, you know. Anyway, I hope that's helpful to you, Amy. Thanks for tuning in tonight, faithful listeners. Remember, if you're using our Spirit Box service, post on the forums to avoid any confusing mix-ups. Arcane messages are hard enough to interpret as it is. This has been the Spirit Box Radio Enlightenment segment. I've been your host, Sam Enfield. I bid you a restful night. Box Radio is a podcast distributed by Hanging Sloth Studios under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 Sharealike International License. It was created by me, Pippin Major, the voice of Sam Enfield. Music is by Maybe Wednesday. If you like the show, let us know on Twitter at Hanging Sloths or stop by our website, hangingslothstudios.com. If you'd like to help us keep making Spirit Box Radio, you can send us a tip on ko-fi.com forward slash hanging sloths or become a slothling on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash hanging sloth studios where you can get early access to episodes plus loads of other great rewards. You can buy merch in our coffee shop, links in the description. Spirit Box Radio is recorded in front of a dead studio audience. Get spooky. <laughs> <laughs>